Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Welcome to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the planet. I am your host, Megan Granger, and as always, we are joined by producer Crystal Chris. Hey, Megan. Hey, Chris. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? So good. You're kind of sleepy today. Yeah. Yeah, you got up uh, at six. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Crystal Chris um, has a really cool conversation to have today that's kind of going to be hard. So I'm thinking that your lack of sleep will really promote that to the next level. Yeah. We're going to come back to that. Our guest today is Dolores Tercini, and she's one of my really good friends. But most of all, she's one of the wisest people that I've ever known. Um, She's really built a life for herself that... I'm inspired by. She was on one of our older episodes. I think it was like what, the fifth, maybe. So she kind of explains how she got to where she got in her life because she's a baller. Baller. Like, baller. Hardcore we're, baller. Yeah. We're talking like balling. So today I had her on. Today's Heart Shocker Week. Everybody, please go follow me at Vibe Higher Bitch um, on Instagram. We're doing all this beautiful chakra shit. But anyway, today's Heart Shocker Week. And mm. she has been struggling to find love, which makes no sense. Mm, no, no, sense. no sense. She's gorgeous. She's so kind. Mm. She's honest. She's worldwide. You know, <laughs> she's worldwide. Is that something like Pitbull says? Or yeah, that's what Pitbull if says. If Pitbull says it, it, we can say it. <laughs> she's worldwide and she's just glorious. So we kind of talk about what blocks she has. And even if you're in a relationship, there's all these ways we try to keep our heart safe, you know? So we just go through some of the attachment styles and just a bunch of stuff that I think everybody should know. So that's today's episode. I think it's going to be great. I love it. I think I'm you're so going to love excited. it. Okay, wonderful. Um, back to you, your <laughs> to favorite <me>. subject. <sighs> How are you doing? Are you going to be okay with your sleepiness and your hard conversation? <laughs> and Crystal Chris started therapy. Yeah. He's digging deep into his emotions. Yeah. I'm setting just, some boundaries. You have to take it really slow. I love how I just interrupted you while I was... <laughs> <laughs> and, and breathe. Yeah. Okay. That's the well, key. I have a lot of confidence in this. <laughs> I truly do. Uh, vibrators, if you want a t-shirt, go to superficialmagic.com. If you want to rate the podcast five stars, it means so much to me. And the next person to write a five-star review will get a free t-shirt of their choice. So go to Superficial Magic to look at what those t-shirts look like because it's pretty stupid. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, have a great week, guys. We love you, and we will talk to you next week. Basically, you were just started talking and I was like, I'm turning the, the microphone on because we need to know this. Okay. Okay. So I recently started virtually dating this guy. And so there's a couple things that are different about the guy. And I think that are different about the way that I'm approaching the relationship or whatever the heck it is. So one is he's not my 
typical type, which is good because Mm -hmm. my (laughs) traditional type Uh has not worked out so well for me Mm -hmm. thus far Mm -hmm. in the past 44 years. And at first when my friend, so we got set up and a friend, a friend set us up. And at first when my friend was giving me the information, I like looked the guy up and I was like, no, I don't know, because he's not exactly, you know, yeah, the, per- I mean, the guy that I normally date. Exactly. And then I was like, wait a second, Dolores, you asked for this. And so I told you the story before, but I will refresh your memory. Thank you. Because your listeners have not heard it. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> I was watching this show. I'll just say the name of the show because it doesn't matter because it they're archetypes. It's actually it's actually the there were they are real people, but it was for me more like archetypal in a sense. So I was watching that show on Netflix, the Zac Efron show, the one yes. where he goes around the world, whatever. So um so I'm watching the show and I'm a few episodes in and there's a there there's parts of the show that you can tell Zach is struggling with his his life and his kind of, I guess, you know, choices and being in Hollywood and it's tough, right? It's, it's, it's an interesting place to be when the thing, the very thing that gave you success is the same yeah. thing that is like, and we know, we know this because we've been around these people. We've yeah, dated these people yeah. that have so much self-loathing because the thing that has given them all the opportunities in the world is the same thing that like restricts them from being a normal person. Yeah. I remember just on Zach Efron, I remember reading something in the news like four years ago that he was down on Skid Row buying drugs and all these people without homes beat the shit out of him. And I was like, okay. Right. Zach Efron. Right. Not Ooh. bueno. And so he's he's in the show and he's talking about how he got into the business when he was, you know, he was like a teenager and he was doing it just to kind of, he thought he was going to pay for college. And then he did this TV movie, right? Which as that's oh kind of launched God, his I career. no idea. He's like, I just did this TV movie thinking that it was going to help me pay for college. And that, you know, that was High School Musical and it just like fucking took off, right? And so, uh, yeah, so you can see him in, 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 the, in the, the various episodes as it progresses along, especially as he's kind of going around the world and seeing like opening, you know, you, you open your eyes when you're starting to kind of see places in a way that you've never seen them before. Right. And kind of learning about nutrition or, you know, power, or all of the things that we're doing to our planet and all the things that we're doing to our bodies. And so he, he partnered up with this guy, Darren Olean, who is this kind of superfood hunter guru, like a uh, guy lives in Malibu, whatever. Anyway, so, so the, the two of them are paired up and they go around the world. And there was this one episode where they were in the car and driving from, you know, one point to another. And Zach is like, I got to get the fuck out of Hollywood, man. And And I felt myself like being so drawn to him because I was like, oh, like, no, I'll save you, (laughs) Zach Efron. It was this this filling of this thing that I've done so many times, right? With yep. that, that person, that archetype who is going through it and um, and is in no place really in their life to have the type of, you know, relationship that I want to actually have. Yes. But I still have this gravitational pull to that. And so as I'm watching it, there's Darren was like telling, like teaching him something or you know, telling him about something as they were about to embark on the kind of their next journey. And he was explaining something to him. I'm watching this as it's happening. And I'm thinking, wait a second, why am I always attracted to this like student 
archetype. Mm. Like why am, and then I'm always the teacher. Right. And then I become, it becomes this weird dynamic where I'm teaching. Like their mom. And then I'm their mom. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, why are you being my mom? And I'm like, why am I being your mom? And and then it's this whole thing. And so, right. And so, and so then I'm like, why am I not dating Darren? Right. What, why am I not dating him? Why am I going or- after Zach? Right. Right. When Darren's out there being all hot and all knowing and shit. Right. And so he's probably like, I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's older than me, but he's like, I don't know, he's maybe 50. I have no idea, but he looks like fucking incredible. And he's like, yes, he's so smart. And then now I'm like listening to all his podcasts and whatever. And so, and he's so smart and he's so into interested, interested and interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's the, and he's like, has his shit together. Right. He's a grown ass. <sighs> that's how I feel man. about Winhoff. Yes. I'm like, just take me with you yes. to whatever cave yes. you're living in. Yes. You yes. are perfect. And we'll be on ice together. Yes. And yeah and so that turn that was a real breakthrough for me where i was like oh my god i need to be with a darren type instead of a zach type and so yeah when the guy when i now taking it all the way back to the beginning when the guy had made the introduction or you know made the request to make the introduction to set me up i was like you asked for this you asked for this like type mm-hmm. right this person who is older than you yep. is, doesn't need you to hold their exactly. hand. Exactly. Who Kay. has hangers? Who has hangers? <laughs> oh my God. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Dolores and I met each other through our ex-boyfriends and that was the ex-boyfriend who did not have hangers. Correct? Correct. Okay. Did not have hangers. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, okay, I need to start dating a different type of guy and I need to, and the way that you do that is you say no to the other energy and start to say yes to this absolutely energy, right? which is even like last night when you were texting me about your friend who i've been fucking up your ass to set yep. me up with for like two years mm-hmm. and then i was like you know what i'm not even interested anymore because that is like that type is just not Ooh, interesting i me. love that which was like such a it's a huge breakthrough yes because he is a huge asshole yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's really an interesting way to change habits is is to just focus on the new one instead of trying to eliminate the old one you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah that's and exciting so this guy I, what i've been trying to do with him so he's different in the sense of different type of person that i'm normally dating and then i'm different in the sense of i'm just trying to experiment on him yeah. like i don't know where the I, we haven't even met in person yet we've been only been dating virtually we're gonna meet in a couple of days but i'm just ex- trying new shit yeah so i'm like okay the old dolores would have done x and have been passive aggressive and been you know done all of these like weird behaviors and the new Dolores and I and I did do a little bit of that already and then I caught myself and I was like okay stop doing that and he responded really maturely which I was like oh this is what it means when you're when that person's not going to also do the meet same. you in your exactly bad, yeah, behavior exactly. Mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to be a different version of the type of person that I need to be in order to be in the type of relationship that I need. Cause if, if I'm not evolving and changing, then I'm going to just keep repeating the same relationship. And so I happened upon this book, I'm staying at a friend's house now. Um, and I happened upon this book that she has, and it's all about, you know, all the things that we as women are kind of doing 
wrong mm. and all the things. I'm sure that's a long one. <laughs> it's a long one. And all the things that we need to unlearn, right? Mm. And all the stuff that's, especially me, where I'm always in my head, I'm always in, you know, thinking about, oh, overthinking things and trying to manage, trying to control. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person in a relationship because it really just emasculates the guy. If you are not in your feelings and you are not speaking from your heart, like it is your job in that relationship in that if you're in a heterosexual relationship and you're a woman and you want to be the feminine energy, then you actually have to be the feminine energy. You have to be the feeling energy. You have to be the receiving energy. And if you're always in your thinking and giving, then he doesn't have the chance to tap into his own feelings. So if you're not bring, if you're not making him feel safe, like if you don't feel safe enough to express your own feelings, then you don't make him feel safe. He doesn't know this, by the way. Of course not. They don't they, know. They, it's all unconscious. Right. And they, they don't make decisions about love with their brain. They make decisions about love with their hearts, with their guts and their dicks. Right. Oh. Those, the, that's, those are the, the way, three, the three that's points. That's how they think. They don't, mm. they don't, and that's why sometimes when you see guys with with women and they like these women just keep doing these horrible things, you're like, how are you staying with her? How are you staying with her? But they're not thinking with their their with their logic. They're in their they're in their hearts more than we are. Interesting. Yeah. And it's always and the other interesting part that I thought, which was she talks about the caretaker and that the caretaker because I always thought that the caretaker was the feminine, mm. right? Because you're like, you have the like home and you you're doing birth. what you're doing and you're giving the food and you're, you know, you're doing all the things. And she's like, the caretaking energy is actually a masculine energy because it's a doing energy. It's not a feeling mm. energy. And so I was like, oh, because that's what happens. I'm this caretaker and I'm making you dinner and then I'm doing the dishes and then I'm going to the grocery store and then I'm doing this. I'm also working a full-time job and I'm also doing all all these things. And then what, what, what does he have to do? Right. Like what's left for him to do? Right. Nothing. Right. And then I'm like, well, why am I your mother? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I'm mothering him. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I've been, I've just been experimenting and just been like, okay, I'm going to say how I feel. And like stop and pause and instead of saying how I think or trying to accuse, instead of saying like, you are too much this or you do this and that bothers me. It's like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Mm. And what do you think? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I did it the other day and it was like, it was like perfect because I was feeling like a little bit of like pressure around. I was talking about before we turned on the, before we turned on the podcast, I was like talking about how I was feeling a little bit of pressure around like the expectations around sex, like. I have, we're going to see each other in a couple of days, but we haven't even met yet. Right. And so and there was, an, I felt like he was, had this expectation that I was not sure about. Right? right. And so I was like getting really nervous about it. And I think what I would have done before is just been like, I would have shut down. I would have been passive aggressive. He would have come over. I would have been cold. I would have been like off putting. Cause I would have been like, Oh, I don't really know. Is this some really, really right thing? Is he going to ma- make a weird move on me and I'm not going to be comfortable with it, whatever. And I was like, why don't I just like say how I'm feeling about it? And so I messaged him and I was like, Hey, I'm feeling nervous. And I, I would like for us to spend some time together and maybe have an actual date or something before we just assume that this is thing is going to happen. And he, and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, absolutely. There's no pressure. Like it can be chill, whatever. And then it ended up being like, 
he planned something he ended up making a reservation at like my favorite restaurant in la without me even having to tell him okay. you know and so it was like he just figured it out nice right and so when i just instead of me being like saying to him you're doing this i just said i'm feeling this so it's interesting because i need to get more in touch with my masculine energy and that has been so important for me do you think that if you have too much feminine energy like if you're too much in your feelings and i do and i think that what also it also depends on like what's the dynamic of the relationship that you want to be in and Mm. what is the dynamic of the person that you're with Right. right. Like how much of the masculine energy are they in and how much of the feminine energy are they in? And I personally, I actually do want to be, I want to be primarily in a relationship that has me as in the feminine energy and them as the masculine, but I do want there to be some fluidity there. Yeah. I do want there to be times where we can both be in touch with the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's really tough. Um, but I think it, it's, that's actually w- what I want yeah. because I don't, because it's not authentic to me to only be in my feminine energy like it's like i have to have some i have to have some thinking and some doing and they have to have some feeling right absolutely i had a dream the other night that i was like doing something really cool and my mom was like i thought she was gonna be really mad at me and she was like no that's actually good you're like a really good little boy Hmm. and i was like what why does everybody think i'm a little boy and she said something, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, I remembered when I was little, I was really aggressive in the weirdest ways. Like all my friends were boys, three years old, four years old, preschool. And I, there's this video, like a home video of this little girl that got down the bottom of a slide and I shove her down and she stands up and I shove her down again and like, won't let her stand up. Wow. And my mom was like, like, said she just cried the entire way we drove home and was like so mortified and horrified. And then suddenly I, I've just completely turned off that part of myself. And it's like, I just cut it. I repressed it completely. So I don't know. What is it? Why do you want to get more into it? What do you, when you say I need to get more into it, what does that mean? Well, it was, I think because of the dream I, and the dream, I was kind of just showing me how much, um, more action I was capable mm. of completing just how good it felt to be that action energy I see the doer mm-hmm. rather than the feeler yeah yeah, yeah. very strange interesting yeah oh, so, so that's yeah that's definitely some repression there yeah you know I'm just gonna interrupt the show really quickly to say that Dolores has already said her age is 44 years old um she I mean she looks like she's 20 years old absolutely it's so weird so we've decided to take a lot better care of our skin we're doing a whole routine it's very fun (laughs) and what I'm loving is plexiderm because it does make you look younger like immediately I instantly lost a year of my life (laughs) (laughs) or got one back I guess I don't know whichever way you look at it I got a year back. (laughs) So you can try a six application trial pack for $14.95 with free shipping when you visit tryplexiderm.com and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's tryplexiderm.com and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. I want you to tell us about that breathwork class you did. Because I feel like you have been able to make a lot of changes after you did that. 
so I did this session. I actually just did one again last week. Did I tell you that I was doing that? I did I did a virtual one last week, a one-on-one, yes. which was amazing. So the first one that I did, it's 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 funny. It's like the first time you do a drug, like there's never, you're chasing it. Because I've done a few breathwork sessions since then. And they are still incredible and amazing. And you still get a ton of benefits. But you're ch- you're chasing that dragon. <laughs> you're like you're chasing that first time <laughs> oh, because funny. that first time was so good. So yeah, I was at this event. Um, it was last November, so almost a year ago, and there w- it was really late at night. It was like 11 p.m., and um, we were in this huge tent, and there were there were definitely I mean I don't know there were probably 150 people in this tent. There was a lot of people, and we had just finished a sex workshop with this woman who basically does like kind of tantra breathing um, sex with um, partners, but with also with herself. And she, at the grand finale of her, of her session, of her talk, was her breathing herself into orgasm. Wow. So that was the end of that session, okay? <laughs> and it was like, uh, there was so much like sexual like charge you know energy in this room it was pretty incredible so then we go into you know people you know some people left and went to something else and then other people yeah showed i up bet they went this, and yeah. did something <laughs> they else, went to something else. <laughs> and then uh and then new people came in and so we started this this next session which was the breathwork workshop and i think it was called ecstatic breathwork so it was again like late at night um Everybody kind of shared in the beginning, you know, she, she passed around the microphone to just like talk about like, what are you, what are you trying to get out of this? And a lot of people didn't really know what they were. They were just there because they had heard that it was a good session, but everybody kind of came in with an open mind and it was a pretty good mix of men and women, I would say. And kind of you lay down and you get yourself comfortable and, and you're just like laying next to like <laughs> these random people. Um, and you start breathing. And so she takes you through the breathing and it's like, it's, uh, a, a sharp breath in through your abdomen, a sharp breath in through your chest, and then a breath out through your throat and it's all in your mouth. So it's like, <sighs> okay. And you just do that over and over and over and over again oh my god my head is just light thinking just about thinking it. about it yeah and so she was an incredible guide one the music was incredible and the music kind of take to it was kind of like the ayahuasca experience but but better i think a lot better really for me. yeah it was better than ayahuasca um because you're just able to access the stuff without any without drugs. seeing the trees having sex yeah, like JJ without, was yeah, seeing on it <laughs> without throwing up or without you know it's like you, you, all of this stuff is here it, you're able to access it but the fact that you can access it with with your breath is just pretty wild you're basically just creating you're creating the DMT I guess in in your brain right you know instead of like having to kind of like ingest it so through this process you know you just she t- it's like you're on a journey she basically takes you on like a full journey and there were there were a time was it? Uh, it was probably like an hour and a half like from start to finish what? yeah but it feels like really quick 
it oh feels like gosh. 15 minutes does it does anybody just like pass out or anything no because then you can re- and that's the other thing too about like you're not taking a drug that you can't regulate right you can just change your breath right for, okay Good so point. there were periods of time for like 10 20 seconds where i would just change i would just change my breath i would just breathe different so that because i was getting like too basically i was getting too high yeah and i'm like all right i need to just bring this down a notch and then you kind of go back up and it's like steps and so i felt like I mean, you you just feel like you are energy. That's all it feels like. You don't feel like matter anymore. You just feel like energy and you can feel everybody else's that everybody else around you is energy. Whoa. And I could feel my and I use the word orgasm because I don't really know how else to describe it, although it wasn't necessarily sexual in nature. But I felt like my eyes were orgasming, my my heart chakra just like was releasing, orgasming. kind of. Yeah, you could, it was releasing. It was vibrating. You could feel the energetic vibration of all. Like it was like my third eye, my actual eyes, my heart chakra, my solar plexus, like all of my chakras. You could feel, and then like the ones that kind of go above your, you know, above your crown and even below your wow. your root chakra. You can feel all of that that energetic plane. Wow. So you're tapping into like. Uh, something that is not in the th- the three dimensions that we can you know that humans can kind of see and feel it's always vibrating you know because i've said for so long i feel like my heart chakra is blocked which was also a story that i was telling myself like i feel like my heart chakra is blocked i feel like it's blocked i feel like it's blocked and that really more than more than any drugs that i've ever done has has op- had, had the ability to like open my chakras especially my heart chakra wow 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 it's very cool and I remember I saw you like two days later and I was like, I have to tell you everything about this. I was just work. thinking that the fact that that was almost a year ago is mind boggling. Yeah. And you know, after it's funny, after she had, we had a sh- we had like shares after the session and I would say most of the people at the end were, um, <laughs> were men that actually shared. Um, and all of them kind of, almost all of them said like, I walked in here and I was like suspicious. I didn't really know what to expect, but I mean, there were like three different guys that made like huge life decisions. One was like, I'm, I'm leaving this job. I'm leaving this town. I'm going to, I'm moving to this place. I'm going to go do this thing. And one of them was like, my wife and I have been having problems, but like I had this vision of her as a child and I could see her as a child. I mean, like people were in all kinds of, and then he's like, I have this level of like uh, appreciation and forgiveness for her. And so people had some really incredible breakthroughs and it's just through your breath, which is like the biggest gift that we have. And we have it all the time. We're always holding our breath. I know. We're always holding our driving. And I'm like, oh, I ha- when's the last time I was- <laughs> breathed? <laughs> so I'm also reading this book now that's by this guy, Neil, Neil Strauss. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wrote the game. Yeah. And so he wrote this book called The Truth. And so I'm reading The Truth now. And so I'm about halfway through. But it's interesting that he so he talks about essentially the, you know, the the attraction that you have to the opposite sex. Like if you're heterosexual, the opposite that you have, the the experience that you have as a child with the, the opposite sex parent and, you know, all of the all of those wounds and we know this like we know and i think i've talked about this before on your podcast of like dad right and it's like what but what does that actually mean Mm -hmm. and it's like what are you actually trying to like what are you what wound are you actually trying to heal and why do you kind of keep 
opening up that same wound and re- like I guess replacing what you lost or replacing what you think you lost mm. with um, with that dynamic. And so what I, the other thing that I'm being aside from being open to you know, paying attention to your heart and paying attention to your feeling and not just being in your head about like, oh, this person is good on paper, but also paying attention to what is the thing that they're bringing up for you and being able to recognize that pretty early on as opposed to kind of having to go through the whole thing. And I think he talks about the different attachment styles and, you know, the avoidant attachment style and the anxious attachment style. And there's, he he uses like different verbiage. I think he uses the, 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 the words that he kind of learned and through his therapies, but, but I have both, right. I have this, there, there's these kind of two, he talks about like these two dynamics of, of, of unhealthy attachment where you have, where you are the, uh, where there's neglect, right? So when there's the neglect that happens, you end up having, you know, a certain type of attachment style. And when there's enmeshment, which is essentially like a codependency, which is you are responsible for that person's feelings and that person's well-being, um, where there is the parentification that happens, then you have this other attachment style. And I was like, well, I actually think like I'm, I was, I'm <laughs> listening to it in the car the other day. And I just was like, fuck me. And I almost started crying. Cause I was like, how do I get rid of this? Yeah. Like, how do I get fucking past this uh-huh. finally? Yeah. And I'm like, cause he goes through and I'm like, I have both. I had neglect and i had enmeshment yep and so i'm like double fucked Mm -hmm. because i'm anxious i'm anxious about and so i pick people that are avoidant but then also i become avoidant Mm -hmm. when someone has a, a secure attachment style with me i start to become avoidant so and i'm just like is this just fucking who is this just baked do i just give up Mm. you know like is this just baked into who i am and like i'm in it now like i don't have an answer like i'm um that's the question that i'm asking myself like at this moment on whatever today is (laughs) like today in the life of dolores is trying to figure out like what can i do therapeutically to like to to reparent myself yeah and you know, actually, I was telling this guy about it and he was like, have you ever talked to your dad about it? I was like, I my dad is incapable. I called my dad today and I looked at the phone to see how long we talked. And it was like a minute and 50 seconds. Like he couldn't, wait, he couldn't wait to get off the phone. And last week I called him to tell him that I bought a house and he I couldn't even tell him that I bought the house because he talked about himself for 15 minutes straight. No. And I was like. And he's 87, you know, and he just had doesn't. And then I finally told him I got a word in and I told him about myself, about this thing. And he's like, tell me about it. And I started telling him about it. And I said four words. And then he started he just started talking again. And so he's actually incapable of sitting and having like a real because he's not in touch with that. And so I can't do it with him. Like, it's not like I could be like, dad, no, can you, you come to you therapy to with me yourself? Yeah, I have to do it myself. And so and, and even or even like with, you know, with the triggers that I get with my other family members too. Cause I'm like, when I actually sit and think about all of the, like, and everybody has trauma and there's people that have had way worse trauma than me, but your, your little brain doesn't understand that. Like your little brain get, experiences trauma as trauma, not like, Oh, this trauma is not as bad as somebody mm-hmm. else's trauma. Like your brain is just experiencing the abandon, you know, and then the abandonment or the way that you experience the abandonment when, a, 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 when a, when a parent dies. And then, 
in the aftermath of that, like all of the trauma that happened in the aftermath of that, like all the way up until, you know, through my, my teens, until I started becoming in relationships with men. And it's like, I hit every, like everything in the book. I got it. You know, it was like all of the things that could have (laughs) fucked you up. And it's funny because he, he's, the other thing that kind of brought me to like my waving my hands yesterday is in the book where he he starts talking about if you are in a feeling of inferiority, that is your, you know, your attachment style manifesting itself as X. If you are in a feeling of superiority, that is the man, right? And I'm like, I am literally almost at all times in a state of both inferiority and superiority mm. and i toggle between it I, and in my and in my mind i go back like with me, with a guy like a guy will make me feel a certain way or i'll feel a certain way in, in reaction to that and then i start to feel inferior and i start to feel like i don't deserve it and then i and then i go all the way to the like i am so fucking out of his league fuck that guy you know all in the same two minute conversation in my head right (laughs) i don't think you can call it in your head a conversation (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm just like and then i was like fuck like why right and so that's where i am today i'm just trying to figure out like how do i get myself past this so that i can have a real relationship and then the what i was reading today he talks about because i've been exploring like could i have an open relationship like is that because i've always just experiencing men cheating like that's Mm. always what i've experienced i never had an example of like a real healthy relationship right growing up there was no marriage that i could look to and be like yeah that's what i aspire to be and so there was it was all dysfunctional marriages around me and and so i just i i don't have a mental model for it and then I have all the, you know, the built up trauma. And so then like the inside little Dolores child in me is like not now trying to reconcile that and have a grown up healthy relationship. Yep. You're either the person that wants to commit and have the relationship with someone who is the avoidant, or you are the person that believes that you cannot that, you know, that you, that you can't have, that you can't actually have a committed relationship. And that as soon as things kind of get serious, you, you want to leave or you want other options. And I'm like, I have both because I want to be committed and I want to be in a a relationship with someone who's also committed to me, but I keep picking guys who don't have the ability to commit, right? right? And then if I do find somebody that actually does want to commit to me, I get anxious and I'm like, Mm -hmm. what if I see somebody that's like super hot and I want to like explore that person, now I'm stuck with you. Yeah, so I mean, like, it sounds am, like an open relationship would be great for you. But I don't know if I could actually handle that. Yeah. I, I don't know that logic, like, I mean, I think it does on paper sound like it would be a really interesting, it actually would be an interesting experiment. I did ask this guy about it. I was like, and he said he had done it before and it didn't, he's like, it's not the way I'm wired. And he's like, it didn't, didn't work for me um, because something always ends up happening and whatever, which yeah. is true, right? Yeah, and so... I really, to the people that can have it, to the anybody that can have a healthy relationship, no matter what, as long as it's like truthful and honest, whether it's monogamous or open or whatever it is, as long and and they're and they're happy and they're all on the same page and they're they're honest with each other, like good for them. There's no judgments. I just don't know what does that actually look like for me. Yeah. Like, can I sit and be with somebody for the next forty years? Yeah. Yeah. Or is the alternative to be with nobody? Because that sounds work i don't know it's very 
it's all confusing so hopefully by the next time i'm on your show <laughs> i'll have some of this figured out but that's just kind of where i am today i'm just trying to figure it all out well i think you know the inner child stuff is obviously where all of this resides and that's why we get i i drive around all the time like fuck i'm just fucked like i i cannot overcome this inner child because a child is very stubborn you know what i mean and it's just like not letting go and so i totally get it and i think that what we have to do which is the worst thing for me because it's the thing i hate the most but it's just be like so patient and kind to that part of ourselves and just be like oh my god you're so scared because i want to shake it to death i want to shake my baby self and be like quit fucking with me yeah you know like you're ruining everything but like <laughs> it just makes it more mad at you yeah. so it's like all about slowing down or being... it's like you're re-traumatizing it yeah, yeah you're re-traumatizing it absolutely and so and i talk to myself just like the people who traumatize me talk to myself yes. and and all of those stop things. expressing your feelings exactly. no one cares about your feelings shut the fuck up yeah you're which ruining is ruining exactly. everything like exactly. literally i say that to yeah. myself and yeah. then that self is just like okay you're just like them i don't fucking trust you i don't care if you don't like your life peace yeah so i think especially for people who are like i don't know and and they're had a lot it, it it is harder to um to find that relationship with yourself but it, it is something i think is the only thing we can do yeah i think what i discovered in the last week or so with me trying to like do this experiment of being in my feelings and talking about my feelings is like the reason that i have such a hard time talking about my feelings and being in my feelings is because when i was growing up nobody gave a shit about my feelings yeah yeah it was like my feelings mm -hmm. uh no one cares totally literally same. no one cares and just shut up totally right and so i didn't have any permission to talk about it and so i found ways to express myself and to find attention through my thinking self and my doing self and that got a good attention and i was like oh i can get really good attention and good feedback from people and accolades by all the think all the thinking and doing that i that i'm capable of but there was never any reward for expressing my feelings. Well, I think you would be the perfect person to start rewarding it. Sounds like you're starting. Gold stars. <laughs> and then just, you know, in conclusion, no one wants to sit with the same person for 40 years. You can never think of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, just be present. Yeah. Are you cool? Yeah. You know, and see what happens. Because. Yeah. I think is this a choice that I want to make today? Yeah. And then just every day you wake yeah. up and it's like, this is the choice that I'm making. What today. else can you do? You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dolores. Loved this episode. Love you. Love your dog who's just literally made my lap his home. Mm -hmm. And uh you're the best. Please come back and update us. Okay. Okay. We love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.